Welcome to City Harbor Church. They're loving God and loving people. Are you familiar with uh, The Price is Right? The game show on TV. There's a lot of yelling, come on down! I, uh, I listened to this one uh, sports podcast and one of the guys on there, well, uh, uh, most of them are, are fans of game shows and a couple of them in particular, like The Price is Right, is their thing. And this past year, there's been a lot of conversation around the fact that one of the guys got through the whole screening process and got an invitation and was on the show. <laughs> and he, he got, when he got that invitation, he talked about it on the show, even though it was, it was going to be months before then he was at the recording of the game show. And then it was months after that before it aired on TV. They're still talking about it with all this excitement from the time he got that invitation. And um, then he was so excited to be, just to be on the show that he kind of goofed up his opportunity and missed out on big money and ended up with a popcorn machine and a, a ping pong table. <laughs> he was so excited. You know, um, last week we talked about the invitation to conversation, God inviting us into relationship that includes this meaningful interaction. And today I want to just call our attention to the invitation to salvation. And we're going to talk about this in a few ways that I think that you will find relevant uh, to your life today and encouraging to you today. Because I think it, um, it will, I'll explain that a little bit more later. Now, for everyone that I see here in the room today, I know that you have kind of had this experience in the past in your life where there was this awakening of realization that there is a living God who is pure and that we make mistakes that bring a damage to what that relationship with God can be like, right? And I'm thankful that God the Holy Spirit reaches out to us, that there's a, there's a choosing of God. There's a choosing of us, and there's this reaching out to us where the Holy Spirit opens our spiritual eyes to these truths and to help us along in the journey. And that God has spoken to us and that the objective truth is also written down to help us understand what it means. So I just want to bring our attention here. Let's go to Romans 3 to kind of start our process of making sure that we have a, a clear understanding of what this invitation to salvation is. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. We are made right with God. What he's talking about is that before faith in Jesus Christ, there's a barrier, there is a damage, there is a destruction in that relationship between us and God. And what we stand in need of, what none of us can do on our own, is to put ourselves right in that relationship with God. That it only comes through Jesus Christ. So we are made right with God by placing our faith in, by relying on, by trusting in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We've all missed the mark. We've all made mistakes. We've all, we all have that error. We're all the same in that. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. 
You know, I, I, I find that um, a thought-for-thought thought paraphrase um, has, uh, the passion has helped, helped underst- expand our understanding in this a little bit as well. Here's from, from the passion. For there is really no difference between us. For we all have sinned and are in need of the glory of God. There's like, hey, we're all humans, regardless of uh, racial, cultural, ethnic, age, gender, identity, right? Regardless of all of that, we are the same as spiritual beings in this regard, okay? There's really no difference between us, for we all have sinned and are in need of the glory of God, right? This isn't about, this isn't just about, oh, you're bad, right? Condemnation. No, this is God drawing us into a different state, a better state, yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal. And, and Romans does use legal terminology. God freely gave, gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us, all because Jesus, the anointed one, has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin. And those three words are faithful to what we read in the Bible about salvation. Through Jesus, we can be liberated from the guilt, the punishment, and the power of sin. It's the invitation to salvation includes this rescue word, save, rescue us from danger, heal, preserve life, and keep it free from harm. It's the same word when, when Peter was out on the water and falling into the water and calling out to Jesus to rescue him, to pull him into the boat. It's that same root word. That's, that concept is in there. Save me, right? That's a part of, of what is being talked about here. But relevant to us today, I want to go and look at, let's look at what Peter has to say, okay? So from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, this is relevant for us. There is wonderful joy ahead. What is he talking about? He's talking about there will be a day when Jesus will return as promised. There will be a day when Jesus will return as promised. We will have this opportunity to be in heaven with God. No more pain, no more suffering, no more of these other things. Right? There is a wonderful joy ahead. And the, the, the priority there is not no more pain and suffering. The priority there is uninterrupted relationship time with God. The one true source of love, hope, peace, and joy. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while, right? Our time on earth, our our human natural life on earth is short in comparison to forever, right? So even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Boy, I don't know, in my flesh, I don't like to hear that today. Right? I don't like to hear that there, there can be tests. And that the tests, the challenges, when I face things that, when life doesn't go the way that I want it to. When life doesn't go the way that I want it to. When there are challenges, when there are trials, when there are difficulties. My faith is actually revealed. But the interesting thing about tests is it's not only a revelation of the, the, the nature of the thing, of the strength of the thing. It can also be a way where it can be strengthened. So it's also, there's also an opportunity for the faith to be strengthened. So these trials show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests 
and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Again, it's just looking forward to when Jesus returns. You love him, and watch this now because this is relevant to us today. Peter is talking to people who are like us. You love him even though you've never seen him. I haven't seen Jesus with my natural eyes and his natural body, right? Peter's talking to people who, like us, hadn't. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Watch this last sentence. The reward for your trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. And in the, the Greek, in the original, what part of what Peter is saying is the purpose for your faith, where your faith is taking you, will be ultimately fulfilled when Jesus returns. That's a part of what he's talking about. Now, listen, God gives us a gift of faith that comes from him and then engages us. And it's a relying in Jesus as Savior. That's, I'm relying in that. Regardless of what my emotions are, regardless of how strong I feel in it. And if I'm ultimately making a decision, I'm going to rely on Jesus as my Savior. That's what those words mean. You don't have to be loud like other people, passionate like other people. If it's on the inside of you, and it is a decision, I'm going to rely on Jesus as Savior. It will be fulfilled on the day he returns, the rescue of your soul. That's the reward. These days, there's a lot of invitations we get that are subject to change. Oh, the deal expired. A discount's not good anymore. Or because of COVID, we have staffing issues, so that event is canceled. You know, it's like there's a lot of invitations we get that are subject to change. This is an invitation that is not subject to change. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm so thankful that this is not an invitation that's subject to change. But I think what we can benefit from is considering that even in the midst of trials and challenges and difficulties that we're facing right now, a part of what this is saying is that our salvation is priority. Our faith in Jesus as Savior is priority, even in the midst of trials. And so what we should be careful about is not allowing our spirits to get focused on the problems, but to set our spirits' focus on Jesus. Now, in that... I have found myself have in the past a really meaningful time of prayer. I'm talking about the kind where just don't have to be anywhere or do anything on that day. And I just make a decision. I'm just going to be with God. And, 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 and in a lot, most days I do most of my praying walking. But in this particular occasion, I was laying in the floor. I was laying in the floor just talking to God. And in the, laying in the floor talking with God, I had this, this, this time of being overwhelmed by being aware of God's presence. 
And, and I'm, I'm a seer. I'm, I'm someone, God gives me pictures. And it was like God was bringing me face to face with him. And I'm crying and breathing and laughing and just overwhelmed by the presence of God. And I'm looking in his eyes. And I'm suddenly aware that I'm seeing the reflection. I'm seeing what God is looking at. And in the reflection, what I see is people. God's heart is for people. So God wants people to accept this invitation of salvation. Watch this. The Lord isn't really being slow about this promise as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to perish. Wants everyone to repent. Right? The, the, uh, the New King James, He's not willing that any should perish, but wants all to repent. God desires that people would accept the invitation to salvation to turn around from living me first, relying on themselves more than anything else, to turn to Him. That's, that's God's heart. That's God's desire. And it's important for us to realize this. So God wants people to accept this invitation, and God wants us to share this invitation. And even in the midst of all we're facing right now, in my spirit, what I hear is God telling me to tell you this. God wants us to share this invitation with others. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And the reality is over the last two years with the challenges of COVID and other things in our life and our world, there are a lot of people that have walked away from their faith. God wants to make His appeal through us. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20-21. I think one of the things we need to be asking ourselves in prayer is who do we know that God is already talking to? God's already made a decision through the Holy Spirit to be inviting people to be opening their spiritual eyes. Regardless of what you see and hear from them on the outside, who is it? God, would you show me? Who is it that I know that you're already talking to? 1 Corinthians chapter 9 Yet I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. Well, I, I could spend an hour talking about this very easily, but there's a couple of principles here that are very, very important. Paul is saying that when I go into a new setting with new people, I go genuinely interested in them, willing to make adjustments in myself so that I can best share the good news of Jesus with them so that we can share in its blessing. Are you catching that? Yeah. 
It's communal. I'm, I'm wanting to share. It's not a lording over, and it's not a coming under. There's an equality, and there's this purpose. I want to say something very clearly. I know we've gone through difficult times. I know that things are changing like every day. What hasn't changed is God's purpose. What what hasn't changed is God's purpose. It's so important for us to understand that. And listen, I know that in a church our size, it's easy for anyone to say, I'm the only person here who's like this. And for us to start to think about our differences and focus on our differences in a way that would cause us to not feel like we belong. And over the years, I've heard that from people in our church. I don't feel like I belong here because I'm the only one who's this or that. That's just a part of the reality when you're in a smaller church. And when you're in a diverse city like Baltimore and where you have people that are from here and a lot of people that are not from here, listen, I got a lot of things about me that I don't go into and talk about. Y'all don't even know. I could write a book about the things about me that no one in this church is like. But what I hear God calling us to is to not focus, and I'm not talking about ignoring and not pretending because there are things about you that God has designed that are a strength, that are a glorious, unique attribute that God wants you to bring to the table. Just like a salad with a lot of really good ingredients, right? What I, what I am not a fan of is the kind of church that just pours so much ranch dressing over everything that it all tastes the same. That's horrible. No, God does create unique things about us and he wants us to bring it into this harmonious church family where it's a benefit to us. But what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit right now is that God wants us to focus on one of the things we have in common. And that is his purpose. I want to listen, let's just have a season where we start to focus on what we have in common. God's purpose. His purpose has not changed. His purpose includes inviting people into this place. Tomorrow, we commemorate the life, message, and action of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was really shaped by Howard Thurman. Wrote a book called Jesus and the Disinherited. And I want to read you a quote from that. Because I want to remind us, you think about Peter in the water and Jesus pulling him into the boat, and we've read from Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit today. And one of the things that I think Peter had a difficult lesson in was equality. Equality among people. Equality among people must be in your heart if we're to walk this out the way Jesus wants us to when we're drawing people into the boat. It is necessary, therefore, for the privileged and the underprivileged to work on the common environment for the purpose of providing normal experiences of fellowship. This is one very important reason for the insistence that segregation is a complete ethical and moral evil. Whatever it may do for those who dwell on either side of the wall, one thing is certain. It poisons all normal contacts of those persons involved. How many of you know that's true in Baltimore City where we even have walls that were built between neighborhoods? The first step towards love 
is a common sharing of a sense of mutual worth and value. Now, obviously, if you read all that Howard Thurman taught, you know, the first step is Jesus. But, you know, he's following a theme here. Love, common sense of sharing mutual worth and value. This is one of the things that deteriorates the longer you're in a church setting. You start to feel that you are superior to other people. I've had a lot of folks in church a long time who felt superior to me. This cannot be discovered in a vacuum or in a series of artificial or hypothetical relationships. Oh, that sentence is so powerful. Because a lot of folks think, oh, I'm not racist. I got friends who are black. But maybe it's artificial or hypothetical, right? It's really important. This cannot be discovered in a vacuum or in a series of artificial or hypothetical relationships. It has to be in a real situation, natural and free. I like that. That's really good. The experience of the common worship of God is such a moment. Our church family, the church of Jesus in Baltimore, all the churches together, this is the way forward. God calls us to not neglect the gathering, right? In the purpose, what God has is a way forward. Loving respect of each other with that sensibility towards equality. Okay, man, we went all over the place today, didn't we? So let's just focus. Let's come back to what should we do about this invitation to salvation. Well, number one, respond to God's invitation every day. Later on, we'll pray. We'll give an opportunity for anyone who has not known Jesus as Savior to receive Jesus as Savior. We want to make it available to give you a Bible, to give you a purple book, to offer someone to walk alongside you, to help you find the answers to any questions you have about salvation and what that really means. But it's also this daily relationship. Most of you have heard me say that one of the things that's really helped me these last couple years is by starting in the morning, before I even really pray, have a quiet moment to focus on who God is and then to thank God for my salvation. It helps me be in, that, in that, that right mode for that conversation. Respond to God's invitation every day. Do you have sin that needs to be confessed, that needs to be repented of, that you need to be forgiven of, cleansed from? What is it? Do you need to have gratitude for your salvation? It's an everyday relationship. Number two, pray for a list of people who need to hear God's invitation. Are you praying, God, who are you already talking about? Are you, do you have a list? Do you have a list of names of people who, to the best of your knowledge, don't know Jesus that you're praying for? If God answered every one of your prayers, how many people would come to faith? Come on. Write a list. Pray for a list of people who need to hear God's invitation. And number three, ask God what you should do. What would God, what's the action point that God wants you to do? What does God want you to do? I'm going to pray. We're going to transition into a time of worship and prayer. Lord, I just thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus, but that today we can receive your grace. We can receive your mercy. We can receive life 
miracles that are things we cannot do ourselves. Thank you that you've invited us to receive forgiveness, cleansing, new spiritual life, the miracle of salvation. Thank you that your purpose is unchanged and that you're a generous, loving, compassionate, slow to anger, faithful, patient, and kind God who loves people, all sorts of people, who is calling people to salvation. Help us see you more clearly and hear your voice more clearly. Lord, at times for us in our humanity, it's not easy. And God, I just ask, would you please help us to better understand you, to better understand what you're calling us to. Lord, that even now we need to apologize for where we've grown cold in our faith, in our walk with you. Meet us and forgive us. Even now, if we need to confess where we have not been looking at or thinking about or compassionately praying for those who need to know you, Lord, forgive us. Heal our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be tender and sensitive and able to follow your guidance again. I thank you, God, that you are good, loving, and kind. Lord, I ask today, would you please help us to hear your voice as we go to worship? Because I know that you love us.